Welcome back to another episode of the Epic Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Warroja, a.k.a. PM is what they call me. So, if you've missed any of this series, any messages in this series midweek, uh, the Epic Experience on Sunday, you missed a lot. So, good thing is it's a podcast, whether you're driving in your car, sitting at your house, cooking fried chicken, well, everybody's vegan now, so you're probably not cooking fried chicken. Well, vegan fried chicken. How about that? Some some, some tofu, some meatless meat. Whatever it is that you're doing, I suggest that you stop it, you sit down, you grab a pen and a pad, and you begin to take a few notes because this is not the type of message that you want to miss aspects of. This series, Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous, has been changing our church. When I tell you, the way that we are learning, growing, it's been insane. Speaking of growing, you're really going to enjoy today's message is entitled Grow Into It from one of our Sunday experiences. And if you have not had the chance to join us yet, make sure you do. Every Sunday at 12 o'clock, every Wednesday at 7 p.m., you can text 74121. Text the word E-Nation. And to my Epic Nation family who's listening to this, my greatest joy and privilege in life is to serve you as your pastor. Thank you for letting me serve you. I've got the greatest job in the world, and you are the greatest gift in the world. Let's get into it. Grow into it. Luke chapter 2, verse number 52. But before I read the text, let me explain to you. We've been in a series entitled The Lifestyle of the Rich and famous. That's in three compartments. There is a lifestyle, a level of life that God wanted all of us to live. Because here's its reality. God makes promises in the Bible that most believers never experience. Why? Because when he promises it, he already created it. The promise and the creation that he has for you is already there. But the level of experience is up to you. He ain't go- Let me say it the way my mama said, used to say it. I'm not going to cook the food, bring you the plate, and wash the dishes. God's already cooked it. You can at least go get yourself a meal. So the lifestyle, I come that you may have life and life more abundantly, is Jesus telling us there is a level of life that every believer should experience, but you will not experience it by just your belief system, by just what you think. Most promises go unanswered because most most prayers go unworked. So it's not okay to, to hear a promise and to pray on something, but not work that thing, get to work, get to work. So the lifestyle of the rich and famous, ladies and gentlemen, It is the richness that God has for you in every area. Can I say this very quickly before I even read my text? Can I say this to you? When you hear about the fruit of the spirit, that is the richness of your soul. That's the richness of your soul. When you start hearing about houses that you didn't build, land that you didn't build, that's prosperity. When you start hearing about salvation, that's spiritual richness. There is a lifestyle that God designed for you to be spiritually rich, for you to be emotionally rich, joy, peace, long-suffering. And the Holy Ghost, he didn't just want me to to be okay in my spirit, nor okay in material items. He wanted my soul to be okay. So all nine fruits of the spirit deals with the richness of my soul. Okay, so that's the lifestyle of both the rich and the famous. I want to pray because I feel somebody's heavy today. And then I'm going to read my text. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every heavy heart. I pray that this is not just a stream or a broadcast. This is a PSA to every broken heart, to every painful memory, to every frustrated believer. This is a PSA. I'm on assignment for heaven and telling every 
feeling of sickness, depression, frustration, strife, fear, you got to go. In Jesus' name. This is a PSA, a public service announcement on behalf of heaven. If heaven don't have sadness, earth can't have it. In Jesus' name. This is a PSA. If heaven don't have sickness, then earth can't have it. Sickness has got to leave. Frustration's got to leave. Heaven is not indigent, nor is it impoverished. So if heaven ain't worried about bills, then we can't worry in the earth. Father, I pray that we will experience the quality of life that belongs to the believer. It has already been created in heaven, but it is established in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's make it do what it do. Luke 2, Luke 2, can y'all do me a favor? Somebody just say, teach me something. Before we even get started, if I say anything you could feel, just say, teach me something. Teach me something. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. As you all remember last week, we started in the beginning of Luke. We walked ourselves through all the verses in it, and we end today in Luke chapter 2, verses 52. All right? Let's rock. Let's rock. Let's rock. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. This is all I'm going to give you. Luke 2, chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And Jesus. I'm in New King James Version. Oh, there it is. I feel good. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. I see a growth process in the life of Jesus. I like it already. I want to teach using as a subject, grow into it, grow into it, grow into it, grow into it. Go ahead and type that in the comments. Grow into it, grow into it, grow into it. Do me one favor today, everybody. Do not allow your mind to be distracted. Do not allow your mind to be distracted. It is going to be so easy for you to start looking at something, doing something else. And if God can't hold your attention span, why would he let you hold any promise? If God can't hold your attention, why would he let you hold any prosperity? If he can't hold your attention for 40 minutes on something that you logged in on, why would he give you anything else? The seat of your mind is the womb of all that God's going to birth. Could it be possible I'm aborting God's promises with my lack of attention? Come here. Pay attention today. Come here. Come here. Grow into it. Grow into it. Grow into it. Father, I love you and I need you. The problem has never been your word, but it's the people you choose to use. And today you've decided to choose me. I'm humbled by it. I'm intimidated by it. Why? Because I know that heaven is watching and you are listening. I'm about to talk about you in front of you to your most prized possession, your people. And at my best, I won't get it right. I've studied, but God, I'm limited in my understanding of scripture. Teach me something. Great teacher that you are. Explain to me things that I couldn't read in a book. Give me a revelation about you that only comes through the intimacy of my relationship with you. God, I love you. So let my love for you be on display when I teach your people that they might see it and fall in love with you too. In Jesus name. Amen. Hey, so check this out. Check this out. Grow into it. So I recently, I've been wanting some shoes for a while. So I recently went and bought some shoes for myself. First time in a long time. Recently went and bought some shoes for myself. Now I've been talking about these shoes for quite some time. These white, these all white Vapor Max. I'm probably going to take them back. That's why they're still in the box. Haven't worn them yet. Probably going to take them back. Because, you know, something about that transaction that hit my heart. So I bought these shoes. And when I was shopping for shoes, the shoe, the shoe shopping experience is very different for me. Shoe shopping experience is very different. Because when I was growing up and going back to school, my mother would always tell me to put the shoes on on both feet, tie them up, 
And do y'all remember in Foot Locker, Foot Action, Hibbit, Sports, Champs, how they used to have, when you didn't know your size because you were growing and getting taller, hitting your growth spurt, you put your foot on that thing with the little knob on it and they'll put their finger there, but you still couldn't tell your size. So she'll say, um, I think he's a nine. Give him a nine and a half. <laughs> I think he's a nine and a half. Give him a ten and a half. Mama, nine and a half. No, 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 ten and a half. So the shopping experience now that I'm a grown man is very, very different. Because I don't buy my shoes a half size or a whole size too big. My mother used to buy my shoes a full size too big because she would predict my growth and say, he's a nine now, but he's growing. He's going to be a 10 by the end of the school year. And I ain't coming back in here to buy no more shoes. He, he's an eight now. But he, okay, forget me. Your parents used to do the same. She, she's a six now, but she's going to be an eight. Okay, what size shirt are you? Small, get them a medium because I'm not coming back in here spending no more money. They predict that you're going to grow into the size of the shoe. Well, when I go shop for myself now, I do not buy my shoes a half size or full size too big, but I didn't know what size I wore. So I said, let me have a 10, 10 and a half. Now, here's the beauty of it. I got another shoe that was a gift, probably my favorite shoes. I wear them all the time. These gold Air Max, they're my absolute favorite shoes. I wear them all the time. Those, I can fit in the 10 and a half because they fit different. These, a 10 and a half, were squeezing my foot. I need an 11 because the size of it or the way that it's shaped or made fits differently on my foot. Please stay with me, people. So my other shoes, 10 and a half, works just fine. On these, 10 and a half was too tight. I need an 11. What's my point in this, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that there are some things that God created for me that is supposed to fit me, that some environments God put me in fits me perfectly. But there are some environments God put me in that I've got to grow into, that he does not always put me in environments that is a perfect fit. Sometimes he gives me an opportunity that's bigger than my gift. Sometimes he gives me a relationship that's bigger than my emotional capacity. Sometimes he gives me somebody that's not on my level, but above my level so I can grow into it. I'm telling you that some of us come from mama, mama's mess and daddy's demons. So we have got to then purge ourselves of the things that you dysfunction can fit you so well that you don't even realize that you need a bigger size. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when you are selecting something for yourself, you should not select what fits you perfect. Don't select a church. Don't select a job. Don't select a friend. Don't select a relationship that you can't grow into. Don't select nothing that you don't predict your growth. Everything in your life should be bigger than you. Uh, if, if all of your dreams fit you perfect, your dreams ain't big enough. If all of the people around you fit and accommodate your life perfectly, it ain't big enough. There should be some discomfort. There should be some awkwardness. There should be some echo. Why should it be an echo? An echo just means that the room is bigger than my ability to feel it. There ought to be an echo inside of my heart that when I speak my dreams, my dreams echo in my heart because I still got room for God. <laughs> Teach, boy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, epic family, I, I, I must teach you now that you must grow into the opportunities of God. You must grow into the possibilities of God. You must grow into the environments of God. You must grow into the spirit of God. But please hear this. What God has set in order is you, your ability to grow older. From the moment of your birth to now, every day, every day, every week, every month, every hour, you are growing older. 
Every day, every month, every minute, every hour, you are growing older. If you do nothing but sit in a prison cell or in the White House or in a palace, you're going to grow older. Whether you are doing something productive or something that is not productive, you're going to grow older. Whether you turning up or sending praise up, you're going to grow older. Whether you're in a relationship or single, you're going to grow older. Whether you're in school or dropout, you're going to grow older. Whether you are prince or king or anybody else, you're going to grow older. Why? Because what God has set in motion is that time would be the great equalizer, that all of us every day of our lives are growing older. So growing older is inevitable. Growing up must be intentional. Please write that down. Growing older is inevitable. God has set that in motion. I can't stop time. But growing up is intentional. I don't grow up just because I grow older because I know people that, let me say it slower. Slow down, boy. Slow down. Please write this down. Growing older is inevitable, but growing up is intentional. Yeah. Okay, so explain it even more, Marcus. I know people that are 35 years old. They've grown older, but they act as if they're still in college. 21 years old because they haven't grown up. They have grown older. I know people that when I'm talking to them and I hear their responses to what I just said, I'm like, okay, I'm not talking to the third. I'm not talking to a 35 year old woman. I'm talking to a 16 year old girl because your response sounds like what you say to a high school senior. <laughs> okay, uh, analogies, analogies. I'm saying this because some people grow older and grow up in only certain areas. They grow up in terms of their occupation so they are efficient and mature at work. But in their relationship, they have the inability to communicate. Ah, there are people who grow up in terms of their emotional maturity, but in their spiritual maturity, they have not. So they can put up with in relationships with a boyfriend or girlfriend what they cannot put up with with the same sex within a church setting. I'll leave if you do this, but in a relationship, I can put up with abuse, cheating, you name it. But if you just preach a message, I wouldn't feel in that Sunday I'm leaving because I have grown up in the church. <laughs> I've grown older in the church that, that I've been in the church 20 years. Yeah, but you ain't never grown up. <laughs> you grow older spiritually, but you haven't grown up. I got to get out of that point. My Lord, I'm just trying to get you to understand that growing older is inevitable in every part of your life. In every part of your life, you might be two years old in your career. I've been doing this for two years. Yeah, but have you ever made the intentional act of getting better? See, when I decide that I'm ready to grow up, it is the intentional act of I'm getting better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I've been, and this is 2020. I've been teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for 10 years now. Yeah, but I made a decision every day for two hours and 40 minutes, I'm going to grow up, not just older. It, because it doesn't matter how long I've been doing it if I've been bad for 10 years. <laughs> oh, nobody looks at you and say, oh, how long you been doing it? Three years? Can I, can I say one last thing on this point? Time tells, time is the, is the equalizer of skill set. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you heard someone doing something, singing, dancing, athletics, and you watch them do it and you're like, oh, they are horrible. And someone came up and said, oh, yes, yeah, their first day. You'd excuse the bad performance based on how long they've been doing it. <laughs> oh, but when it comes to God, God is not looking at how long you've been doing it. But have you grown up in him to be efficient and lived on the level of your purpose? The lifestyle. 
that he wants is your intentionality. Oh, God, that no, he ain't going, there are no social promotions in God. He will not excuse bad performance because you've been doing it for 10 years, <laughs> doing it for five years. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, let's, let's, let's move now so I don't keep you long. I want to explain to you last week, we, we jumped off the porch and we began to see in our text in Luke chapter two on last week and on this week, I see something critical. And I've been telling you all this for some time that we are followers of the person, principles, and the patterns of Jesus Christ. I, I, I kind of like to explain it that way. When people ask you, are you a Christian? Uh, he never, I, I don't want to get into that, but I, I always say I'm a follower of the person, principle, and pattern of Jesus. Because everything the person Jesus does teaches me something. Everything that the principles of Jesus that he established teaches me something. And the patterns of Jesus teaches me something. Why do I need all three? Because in his person, he grew up in early Palestine and it doesn't mirror my life. And the principles I can apply to my everyday situation. But some things as a pattern of wisdom. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't drive a car, so there is, no, there is no conversation of don't drink and drive. I need a pattern of wisdom. I don't need him to tell me verbatim a word. I need a pattern and a principle. So when you are, Jesus didn't have a girlfriend, so he can't give me dating advice, but I see how he managed relationships. So I'm looking at the person, the principles, and the pattern to grow into it. Oh, God. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when we look into our text, I see in the early stages of the scripture, I see Jesus being born in Luke chapter 2. I see at 12, he's growing older. I'm watching Luke explain to me that Jesus is growing older from 0 to 12. But when we get to Luke chapter 2, verse 52, Luke ends the chapter by saying, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. Favor with God and with man that has nothing to do with growing older, but the intentional act of growing up. <laughs> oh, God, I love the way you explain this thing through me. So I'm seeing Luke explaining to me that Jesus had to do both grow older and grow up. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. So write this down. And this is not my quote. Dr. Howard Thurman said this. There is a crown above your head that you must grow tall enough to wear. There is a crown above your head that you must grow tall enough to wear. Oh, there is a crown above your head that you must grow tall enough to wear. Oh, what does he mean? He's not talking about your physical height growing taller, hitting a growth spurt. He is talking about growing in character, growing in humility, growing in emotion, growing in ability, growing in skill, growing in, growing in wisdom. There is a crown that God has placed above your head and you've got to grow tall enough to wear it. You've got to grow in all the areas of your life. So ladies and gentlemen, epic family, I love y'all so much. I'm trying to slow down. I'm trying to speed up at the same time. I got my foot on the gas and my foot on the brake. I'm not sure which direction to go, but let's go Bible. Are y'all still with me? Are y'all still with me? Hey, turn up, turn up. So uh, ladies, ladies, Gentlemen, please hear this. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 says something beautiful for me. Write this down. I want you to read Ephesians 4 verse 11 through 13. Ephesians 4 verse 11 through 13. Read all of it. But verse 13, y'all remember in Ephesians 4 verse 11 through 13, I'm just going to walk through the Bible. It's in my head. Let's walk. It says, and he, and he, and he gave some apostles, a pro prophets, pastors, Evangelists and teachers. Ho, 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 ho. 
Who is he? He's talking about Jesus. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he, he also, before he did it, he descended into the uttermost parts of the earth. Okay, I'm going to lose somebody. The Bible tells me that when Jesus was crucified, before he ascended into heaven, he went first into the lower parts of the earth, into hell. He set captivity captive. Every person who died, not of just old age, but died without growing up into Christ. Every person that died in the Old Testament could not grow up into the fullness of Christ because Christ had not come yet. They could not grow in their relationship with God the Father because there was no mediator. So every person died only from growing older. Abraham died after he had grown older, not grown up. Enoch died after he had grown older, not grown up. Seth, David, every person in the Old Testament died after growing older, not growing up, because Christ had not come for them to grow into the fullness of him. So Ephesians 4 and 11, teach boy, tells me that when Jesus got done, yeah, now these are these gifts Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why did he do it? For the equipping of the saints. Are y'all seeing this? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do this work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue how long? Until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be maturing the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. New King James says growing up into him. That the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher job is to not just your parents job is to make sure you grow older safely. Your church job is to make sure you grow up into the fullness of who God is. Ah, my responsibility to you is to grow you up. That is to make sure you grow into the crown that's above your head. You are a king. You are a queen. And it's my job to make sure that you don't live your life as a peasant begging for things that you ought to command to come to you. And my job is to make sure that you don't, dear most heavenly father, we stand here knee bend, body bowed, ask you to stop by here. You ain't got to ask him to stop by here. He's already living on the inside of you. Command what's in you to produce a result. Ah, my job is to, is to make sure that you grow into everything that you're supposed to. You ain't just supposed to grow into your prayer life. You're supposed to grow into all the things God has assigned to your purpose. God has assigned not just the things that you need to be fulfilled in him. But the things you need for your body to be fulfilled, take it however you like. <laughs> yes, God. He, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. Okay, so now that I told you that my responsibility, my job title is to make sure that you grow into it. I think it is important now for us to grow in this text. Let's, let's move. Is everybody ready to learn something? I want to teach you something today. I told you on Wednesday that I'm going to unpack four things, but flip the script. We're only going to unpack one of them, and I'm out of here. We're going to make sure we short, sweet, and to the point, because I want to make sure that you can gravitate and grab this stuff. I see y'all saying, teach me something. Y'all got me feeling good, feeling real triple-double-ish. Yeah, 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 let's teach. So Luke chapter 2, verse 52, I see two things happening in Jesus' life. I told you, I see him growing up and I see him growing older. I have been talking about the lifestyle of the rich and famous. So let's talk about the lifestyle things that has to happen. The first thing in reference to growing up, not just growing older. The first thing is spiritual discernment. I'm going to give you all four, but I'm only going to unpack one today. So write this down. If the lifestyle you got to live 
in terms of growing, growing up, not just growing older, every person to live at the level that God has for you, you have got to, number one, have spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. I'm going to unpack that today. Good God, I'm going to unpack it. I, I want to speed through it because I know what I want to say. <laughs> spiritual discernment, number one. Number two, self-awareness. Self-awareness. Number three, self-education. Everything shouldn't just come to me. Some things I should go and get. All the stuff that I learn shouldn't be the things that a person teaches me. Some things I should self-educate and teach myself. It is a lazy learner who expects a person to teach me all the things that I'm ever going to learn in life. And I'm never intentional about my own learning. Okay. And the fourth one is self-discipline. The ability to do something beyond the feeling that I made the intentionality in. So let me say it this way. Can I stick to something long after the feeling of excitement wears off? That's when self-discipline kicks in. I was excited when I started, but now this don't look like nor feel like what I, what I had in mind. Do I abandon it or stay committed to it? If you're going to experience the lifestyle that God has for you, you must have these four. Spiritual discernment. The ability to recognize the potential of a thing in your world. Whenever you hear me talking about spiritual discernment, I want you to get that God allows me to see him inside of my world. I'm going to say it again. Everything in heaven in that realm is, is, is invisible to us. So what spiritual discernment allows me to do is see natural things in my world, but God allows me to see him in them. You can be in a crowded room of people, but see something in someone. You can be in a crowded room, everybody else walks past it, but you see the potential of a thing. Spiritual discernment is when God allows me to see him in my world. It like just like everybody's looking at the same thing. Nobody sees it. You're like, man, y'all don't get that. A, a, a thought sparks off. Something creatively jumps off in you. It is where you can discern him in your everyday life. Self-awareness now is how you interpret what you just discerned to be able to figure out the timing, the opportunity, the season, or do I have skill set to match what he showed me? So I balance and say, no, I need self-education to improve and to educate myself on what I discern, and I need discipline to stick with. Woo! God teach, Marcus. Uh, okay, y'all, yeah, we getting that? Are we getting that? Are we getting that? Are we getting that? This is how you experience a high level of life. It ain't the problem with believers. God showed it to me, but did he tell you the timing? Because God showed Jesus that he was the Messiah, but at 12, Jesus knew he wasn't ready until he was 30. So his spiritual discernment didn't trump his self-awareness and his self-education to get lost in the temple asking the priests and the rabbis about, although he's God, he asked them in the self-discipline to wait for 18 years. That's where I got all four of them from, ladies and gentlemen. So now I want to just unpack for you spiritual discernment, spiritual discernment, spiritual discernment. Spirit, somebody type it in the comments, spiritual discernment. Here we go. We're going to lay our hat right here. Let's teach spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. When you are dealing with spiritual discernment, I want to unpack these three things that are found inside of spiritual discernment. Number one, 
in spiritual discernment, the first phase of it, oh God, please hear this. Please hear this. Oh, Charles, you got to hear this. Michelle, you got to hear this. Tiberia, you got to hear this. Carlos, you got to hear this. E, my girl, this is for you. You're going to love this. You got to hear this. Her, this, my guy, this is for you, my brother. Please hear this. There are levels of spiritual discernment that God develops you to make sure you can live heaven's best. Oh, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm hearing something. I'm hearing something. I want to go right into spiritual discernment. Tell, God, can, can you wait? Or do I got to tell him now? It's messing up my sermon. Okay, tell him now. I heard just clearly just now, I knew that a pandemic was going to happen when I told you it was heaven's best. <laughs> oh, God. I knew that a pandemic was going to happen when I told you it was heaven's best. For those of you who have stopped making that your declaration because of what you are experiencing, I need you to discern God in the middle of a pandemic I need you to see that it's still the year of heaven's best. God told us that in November of 2019. And I'm here to tell you, for those of you who have allowed a pandemic to distract you to believe that heaven's best is not open and released over your life. Don't you dare think that a pandemic would, would alter what God already knew was going to happen in 2020. Are you happy now? I told them. They didn't get excited at all. <laughs> at all. It's okay. I, I delivered it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. I just want to drop that prophecy off to you. Spiritual discernment. The first level of spiritual discernment is where God works on me. God works on me. God works on me. Please write it down. First level of spiritual discernment is God working on me. God working on me. Oh, go slow, boy. Do not speed through this. Do not. I'm talking to myself, y'all. Y'all know I'll get fast. Do not speed through this. God working on me. Now, when God is working on me, and I've got to discern, when I walked all through, you're going to have to discern which level you're in. When God is working on me, it is where he takes on the role in my everyday life experience as a teacher and a trainer. God takes on the role and the function of both a teacher and a trainer. Yeah, when God is working on me, he uses everyday life occurrences to teach and to train me. To teach and to train me. When he is teaching me, he's got to teach me three critical things. He's got to teach me awareness of him. He's got to teach me recognition of him. And he's got to teach me connection to him. Ha, ah, boy. He's got to teach me awareness of him. Am I aware of God's presence and God, and God in my life when I cannot see him? Can I recognize God in people, in things, and opportunities? There are certain people that enter your life that say something to you because God sent them with a message. Can you recognize the voice of God through a person you don't even like? When he's teaching me, he teaches me awareness, recognition. Oh, that's God. No, no, no. Say that again. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's something on that that you just said. Recognition, awareness, and connection. The intimacy that I have with him is my connection. When he's working on me, he's working as a teacher and a trainer to make sure that I'm aware, that I'm connected, and I recognize him. Oh, because there were times that, God, bad things could happen in my life, and I'm unaware that you worked in it. God, I prayed, and then they fired me. Yeah, but you prayed for my money. You would have never got it there. <laughs> God, give, give me the love that you always wanted me to have. Hey, babe, we got to talk. Talk about what? This isn't working for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, how you let this happen to me? I prayed that I would experience love. You would have never got it there. <laughs> Am I aware of God? Can I recognize him in the good and the bad? And then does it draw me to connect to him to say, Father, I feel you. I sense you. I know that it's you. That's my, my prayer life. So when he's teaching me, he teaches me in those three areas. Are y'all still following me? Come on. Are y'all still following me? What, what, what my virtual, where my virtual stage deacons at? My, my virtual church deacons. Are y'all still with me? Can I get an uh-huh? Any all right? Are y'all with me? Okay. Here, okay. I turn up, turn up. Let me get a virtual high five from all of y'all. One, two, and three. There we go. Okay. We still rocking. We still rocking. So when he's teaching me, he's teaching me those things. But here is what is important, everybody. In the teaching phase of God working on me, of God working on me, here's what he got to get me to do. Here's what he got to get me to do. In that phase, most of us are, are grossly unaware of God. We do not recognize him, nor are we connected to him. So the best way for God to get man's attention is to two areas, relationship and money. <laughs> if God ever lets you be broke or brokenhearted, he knows that you'll pray and talk to him more because your connection will make you more aware and will make you recognize. Don't nobody pray more than a person that is broke or brokenhearted. <laughs> Don't nobody pray more when God intervenes to teach me through life experience of broke or brokenhearted. Don't nobody pray more than a person who is broke or brokenhearted. Now mess around and be both. <laughs> broke and brokenhearted. God, well, Jesus is me again. Just want to see if you got a few minutes for us to talk about this. <laughs> oh, what you about to do, girl? girl I'm going to turn on preaching or something. Oh, that's a preach. That'll work. Don't, talk, don't nobody open their Bible more. See, nobody, it, it is the way that he gets me to connect with him because as a teacher, he teaches me through everyday life experiences. So the way that he does it, the best way to get my attention, anything else does not consume my mind. The thing that consumes my mind the most is through my money and through relationships. <laughs> You know, can I say something bold? I don't even got to ask permission. Y'all know I'm crazy. You know, epic crazy. The two things that the church never talk about what people think about the most is sex and money. But listen to me. I know you want both. <laughs> I know you want both. <laughs> no, too, too much. What'd you think, Diddy? Jay-Z, was that okay? Uh, okay. <laughs> too, too much. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, sorry. A little, a little too much. Okay. Um. Yes, so praise the Lord, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, gents and saints. Bless him, highly favored children of the Most High God. I would just like to say that um, <laughs> spiritual discernment as teacher, yeah, he, please hear this clearly, plainly. God in the phase of working on you teaches you through your everyday life experiences so you can learn to connect with him, to be aware of him, and to recognize him. Now, I told you, that he takes on the role of both teacher and trainer. Teacher and trainer. So as a trainer, what is he doing? Do I have any trainers on here? So I was doing my research about training. And, you know, I used to, I'm enamored with it, with training. I'm never going to be a trainer. And it's not really my vibe. But I, I, I just love to watch workouts more than I like to do it. When people say, oh, I love working out. I work out, but I don't never love it. Like, it never feels good. I'm never excited about doing it. There's never a day that I say, whoa, I can't wait to work out. Ever. Okay? Especially on leg day. All right. So check, check me out right here. Check me out. As a trainer, if God is going to be teacher, I told you he's teaching you connection first. Connect to him. 
to recognize him, to be aware of him. Here is what he does as a trainer. Any good trainer that is worth their salt and worth being paid understands that for a person to get results, to grow into the fullness of what their body can produce for them, there are three distinct things they should be doing. Number one is time under tension. That is where instead of them making you just do a bunch of reps, they make you go real slow. If you got dumbbells, it's one more time, two more time. Okay. Or either you might come up and go slow down or you might squat and go slow down. It is time under tension, allowing the muscles to be held under tension for a longer period of time to develop the strength of a person. One of the ways God works on you as a trainer is time under the tension or the stress of the emotion you're in. Why does he do that? Because as a teacher, he's educating me, but as a trainer, he's strengthening me. Huh. As a teacher, he's educating me, but as a trainer, he's strengthening me. He's making me stronger in some areas that I was once weak. So as a trainer, he strengthens me. Time under tension. God, why have I been going through this this long? Time under tension. Why do I keep feeling this emotion? Time under tension. I want to make sure you're strong in this area. God, why I keep dealing with rejection? Because I want your heart to be strong enough to love people even with the thought of they can leave you. Time under tension. And the next one a good trainer does is not just time under tension, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just time under, under tension, but it is resistance. Yeah, any good trainer understands that the power of resistance. That's what good weight training is. It is resistance. It is where gravity wants to make something push down on me, but I got to push back against it. Resistance. When the thing God has for me don't freely come to me, it is resistance. When the things that he wants for me are pushing against me, do I have the strength to push back against it? That God wants it for me and the enemy does not want me to have it. Do I have the strength to push back against the resistance of the opportunities and the promises God has for me? There are promises he has that will require the strength that pushes back against all of life's resistance. Everything you're praying for won't freely come to you. How everything you want won't happen easy. It's going to take resistance. Yeah, it's going to take resistance. God, get this up off of me. Ah, get this up off of me. God, I'm tired of feeling like this. Resistance, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, why is it that this relationship seems to be the hardest thing? Why is it the hardest thing for me to build this business? Resistance? Because you're going to need strength at the next level. If you can't manage a hundred, you can't manage a million. You're going to need what you're learning through resistance. Ah, ah, you're not strong enough yet to handle the weight of, weight of five employees when you can't handle you as an employee of your own business. You can't handle 10 employees until you can handle yourself. You can't handle... You can't handle another person being unhappy until you control your own happiness. Resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't handle ah, the frustration of waking up in the morning not knowing how you're going to make ends meet. How are you going to take care of a household, a family, a kid, employees until you can manage yourself? Resistance. Ah, resistance, resistance, resistance. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, as a teacher, he teaches me connection. Huh? Come here, boy. He teaches me connection. Huh, he teaches me huh, awareness. Yeah, he teaches me recognition. Yeah, but as a trainer, he teaches me resistance. He teaches me time under tension. And the third thing he does for me, he has huh, instability. This is when your person pulls out the medicine ball and tells you, do the same thing you were doing, but in an unstable situation. 
<laughs> Any trainer knows, imagine when I'm trying to work on my car, I get on the medicine ball and do dumbbell curls. <laughs> I get on the medicine ball and see if I can stabilize myself in an unstable situation and still have time under tension and resistance in an unstable situation. Instability strengthens the core. What God, oh Lord help me. Instability strengthens the core of my relationship with him. It is not the stableness of knowing when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it, how we're going to do it together. It is in my instability do I build my core relationship with him to say, God, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uneasy. I don't like what I'm feeling right now, but I got strength. He's a good trainer and a good teacher. Somebody holler back at your boy if you know that God is a good trainer and a good teacher. Oh, instability, God, I don't know what's next. God, I don't even know what's now. It's one thing to be afraid of the future. It's another thing to be frustrated with the present. Huh? It's one thing to be frustrated with the future. It's another to be frustrated with the present. Instability, I'm preaching to somebody who you don't just have fear of what's going to happen next. God, I don't know what's happening right now. I'm confused on what's happening right now. I'm confused on what's happening right now. God, help me figure this out. God, help me. Give me clarity. Give me wisdom. Help me figure this out. I'm preaching to somebody. Say, God, help me figure this out. I don't know what my next move should be. I don't know what my next step should be. I don't know what my next decision should be. God, help me figure this out. God, what should I do? God, I, I can't even pray about tomorrow. I don't know what to do right now. God, it's 1246. I don't even know what to do at 130. God, I don't know what to do the next 20. Ten minutes from now, God, I don't know what to do. One hour from now, God, I don't know what to do. God, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. And I need you. That's what you've been teaching me all along because you're working on me. <laughs> That's where you wanted me to be all along because you're a teacher and a trainer. Oh, God, you're the best teacher I've ever met because I'm connected to you like I've never been. I'm aware of you like I've never been. I recognize you like I never recognized you. Train me. Oh, give me time under tension. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable, but you're making me stronger. Oh, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable, but you're making me wiser. Oh, I don't enjoy this feeling. God, I don't like waking up wondering what. God, my, my, oh, I'm talking to somebody. Your confession has been, God, what next? Your confession has been so negative because God continues to work on you. You have not discerned him working on you, and you start speaking negative about what he's doing. Change your confession. Oh, I don't know what bad going to happen next. I, I mean, shoot, it's been so bad lately. Every day, something different. Change your confession. Father, help me. Father, help me. Father, help me. Father, help me. I'm trying to teach it the way you gave it to me. I'm trying to teach it the way you gave it to me. Stay right here. Okay, work it. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? God's been working on you. God's been working on you. God's been working on you. Who am I talking? I feel a weight so heavy. I'm trying to move to my next point, but I'm talking to somebody. I feel you in my heart. I feel you in my spirit. Father, help them to survive the season of you working on them. You're just teaching and training. God, help them to survive this moment. You're just teaching and training. They got what? There's a crown above their head and they got to grow into it that you don't grow us into what you have for us in comfort. Oh, it's going to challenge us. If it's going to change us. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. God, give me something to do other than teach. How do I help them? Huh? Huh, God, who can identify and say God's working on you? 
Who can identify and say, I know without a shadow of a doubt, God's working on me. He's working on me. He's working on me. He's working on me. He's working on me. To spiritually discern God's working on me. I don't know what's next. I don't even know what's now. God, how do I make a decision about the future when I'm frustrated and confused about right now? Oh, that's your question you've been asking. I've been praying. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for each and every one of you. You're supposed to be on this stream right now. Grow grow into it. Grow into it. He told me if I teach this message, he's going to say something to you that's going to give you direction for the next half of the year. Can y'all listen for a few more minutes? Can I just give you these next two points? Uh, If y'all want me to keep going, just say, teach me something. Can I just explain and unpack these next few things? Oh, so I can tell you what you've been going through. So I can explain to you the lifestyle of the rich and famous you're supposed to live. Can I explain and expound this a little bit more? Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. Uh, Let's ride, let's ride. So God is working. When I I got a spirit to deserve. Oh, that's what I've been going through. He's working on me. But everybody is not in the phase of God teaching and training you of him working on you. Some of you are in the next level of discernment, God working in you. Huh. He's working in you. He's working in you. He don't just work on you. He works in you. Huh. This is the next phase because when he's working on me, please hear this. He is using everyday life experiences to, to train and to teach me. When he's working in me, it is not everyday life experiences. It is internally what he's doing in me. It is, it is something that nobody else can see, but I feel it and experience it. When he's working on me, people can see it. When he's working in me, only me and him can see and feel it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I, I, there's a conundrum. There's confusion. There's conflict. We are all a walking contradiction. We all live with this walking contradiction, this conundrum, this, this uh, multiplicity, this dichotomy, so to speak. Between two different parts of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, this, this dichotomy is happening. We're confused. We messed up. We insane in the membrane. <laughs> Something wrong with us. We naughty by nature. We ain't right. <laughs> we are a walking contradiction. Uh, what, what, what do you mean, boy? Uh, because I've got, I got something to tell you. <laughs> God is in you, but there's also... So let me say it this way. God is in me, but there is also me in me. <laughs> God is in me, but there is also me in me. God is in me, but there is also me in me. Now, that's a, that's a problem because here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. God is in me, but there is also me in me. Now, some would believe that what God wants to do is to get me out of me. No, he wants both to harmoniously blend together that the God in me and the me in me can partner together to work in the earth. He wants to mix this thing so beautifully together that the God in me and the me in me can work together. Now, the problem is, the reason why I say it's a conundrum, it's it's a problem, is because the God in me and the me in me sometimes don't get along. (laughs) The the God in me and the me in me can't agree on the same thing. The God in me says, give and it'll come back to you. The me in me says, I ain't giving nobody my money. (laughs) The, the, the God in me says, love your neighbors. The me in me says, cuss them out. <laughs> the God in me says, forgive those that spitefully misuse you. And the me in me says, F them. <laughs> oh, 
God, and I ain't talking about forgive them. Oh, the God in me says F them, forgive them. <laughs> the me in me says F them, and you ain't talking about forgive them. Uh, the, the God in me and the me in me, the, the God in me says, said, is saying something that the me in me is not agreeing with. Now, what God wants to do, he does not want the me in me to be removed. He does not want the God in me to be removed. What he wants is, he does not, the God in me should educate the me in me. But the problem that exists is when the me in me tells the God in me, shh, be quiet. And the God in me is trying to tell the me in me, shh, be quiet. <laughs> that they're talking on top of each other. That the me in me is talking louder than the God in me. And it sounds like an argument when it should be a conversation. Oh, oh, this is what he's working in me. He is trying to get this harmonious blend that the God in me and the me in me should harmoniously communicate one to another. That the God in me can tell the me in me something to do. And the me in me says, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> that, okay, 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 okay. The ghetto gospel, here we go. The God in me says, it's time to find a wife. The me and me said, God, I don't know if you could pick for me because I don't know if you like my level of fine. <laughs> <laughs> the God in me and the me and me. Oh, I'm telling you, some of us struggle with this. The God in me and the me and me uh, is struggling because the me and me is telling the God in me, follow me. The God in me is telling the me and me, no, you follow me. <laughs> oh, the only way it works when God is working in me is when I allow the God in me to lead the me in me. This is when he's working in me. This is when he's working in me. Is when the God in me can communicate harmoniously in a peaceful way and the me in me can receive from the God in me to express it. He does not want to get rid of me. He, because it is in me that I have personality. It is in me that I have spontaneity. It is the me in me that has charisma. It is the me in me that can express to you things. This is skill. The me in me wants things, has things, can do things. It is the me in me that is that, that, that organized this message. But it is the God in me that spiritually connects with you. <laughs> it is the me in me that titled the message, but it is the God in me that gave me the message. <laughs> It is the me in me that, that is now teaching to you, but it is the God in me that penetrates your heart. It is the me. Oh, are y'all getting this yet? Are y'all getting this yet? Oh, so God is working. I'm done. I'm done. I've been too long. I've been too long. The God in me and the me in me. The God in me and the me in me. I'm out. Six minutes, Dougie. Fresh your own. I'm out of here in six minutes. I ain't playing with you. The God in me and the me in me. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, spiritually discerning when God is working on me as a teacher or a trainer. And as a teacher, oh, I wish I wish y'all knew how God's got to work in me to discipline myself because it was something else I wanted to teach y'all. But the, but the God in me says, no, teach this and teach it this way. Process it this way. I set up all morning praying. Okay, God, okay, this is how it's supposed to go. Okay, cool. The God in me. The guy working on me, he's trying to teach me how to connect to him. Come on, note takers. He's teaching me how to connect to him, how to be aware of him, how to recognize him. When he's training me, he's training me with time under tension, resistance, and instability. Uh, but then when he's working in me, he is trying to balance this harmony between the God in me and the me in me. And last but not least, uh, I got a spiritual discern. The third level is when God is working through me. 
It is where he uses all that he taught me when he worked on me and in me to help somebody else. (laughs) He works through me at that point because I've grown into my calling and my purpose. Now God can work through me. Oh, I'm I'm done, ladies and gentlemen. On Wednesday night, I'm going to be dealing with the next level, that whole self-awareness piece. I just wanted to give you just spiritual discernment to be able to discern. Because if you're going to live the lifestyle that God has for you, you are going to have to discern these levels. Oh, I got more to tell you than I got time to tell you. But I'm going to land this plane right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, work on, work in and work through your people. Work on, work in and work through your people. But most importantly, let us discern what you're doing. Are you working on us? Are you working in us? Or are you working through us that we might be the handiwork of God, that we qualify to be on heaven's payroll? At the level of you working through us, we are qualified to be on heaven's payroll. (laughs) We are qualified to be compensated for the pain that we've endured, for the seasons we've gone through, for the tears we cried. Father, I thank you for your people. You told me that if I preached this message that you would do something. In the lives of your people, I don't know what it is and I'm not nosy. I don't even care. I don't have to know it, but God, make sure you do it. I don't have to be aware of it, but make sure you do it. Don't let your people walk away this week and not be blessed. Father, bless them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. May everything they touch prosper. May everything they think increase. Help us to grow into what you have above our heads. I decree and I declare that we will grow into the fullness of all that you have in mind for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Before you log off, do me one favor. Two things I want to do right now in this moment. Number one thing is, if you were blessed by this, if if you say, man, I don't know who this guy is, or I've been rocking with you for a minute, I vibe with the Epic Nation. Listen, if you have not made it official yet, I would love to be your pastor. We would love to be your church. I think that if you're wondering, where do y'all meet at? Everywhere. <laughs> Where, where's the church located? Anywhere where there's a Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> where's the church located? Anywhere where there's a Wi-Fi connection. You can be anywhere in the world and be a part of the Epic Nation. What God is doing in and through us, I promise you, you ain't seen, you have seen nothing yet. We are weekly planning to make things better. I cannot wait until you see some of the back end things, ways that you can serve. You can be a part of this. You can put your hands to it. It is not enough to bring your ears in, but not bring your hands. Don't just come and listen. Bring your hands and come and work with us. We want to build something that God can be proud of and we enjoy being a part of. So if you know, man, this is my church. Marcus, I got something out of this. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not going to finish because y'all don't. I get on Wednesdays and say, who got something out of it? And don't nobody have nothing to say. So I'm going to start doing one point at a time. Be over teaching. <laughs> okay, so, so listen to me, everybody. If you if you know you've been with us for a while and you say, I want this to be my church, just drop the word partner. Drop the word partner. And Charles or Elaine, who, who head up our connections team that will make sure that you're connected holistically. If you want, if, if, if you need prayer, Elaine is, all, I mean, she, she'll pray heaven down on you. If you need prayer, if you're struggling through something, we want to know. If you say, hey, I just got questions about the Epic Nation. How does this work? Hey, I'm about to get married. What does that look like? Hey, I want to be baptized. I need to get saved. Salvation, you name it. They will connect with you and plug you into all the aspects of the ministry of the Epic Nation. So, please, if you say, this is my church. I want to be a part of this. Darnell, I'm happy to have you, man. Can y'all, can y'all celebrate partners? If you're a partner, can we celebrate Darnell Cunningham? 
Can we celebrate them, man? We're happy to have you. Welcome to the team. Welcome to the family. Hey, listen, Christian, Christian, Michelle, Charles, unmute yourself. Welcome, Charles. Just give them a quick welcome message. Welcome them, welcome them, welcome them. To every partner, to every partner, we welcome you. We celebrate you. Now, if you are already a partner, I want you to get involved. You've been with us for a while. I want you to be involved. Those of you who come on Wednesdays, I want you to go ahead and make it official. Become a partner so we can walk you through new partners training. I want to explain to you the vision, what it looks like, how you can be a part of what. What is God doing through us? What, is it, what does the future look like for us as a church? What's in it for you and your city and in your state? Carlos is a partner. Thank you, partners, for welcoming Carlos. So, uh, Carlos, Charles is going to connect with you and reach out to you. He's going to send you a, a, a message. He's going to slide in your DMs, but on none of that crazy stuff, just to get you connected with ministry, okay? None of that crazy stuff, all right? Ladies and gentlemen, last but not least, right at 1 o'clock. Y'all see that? We right at 1 hour and 1 minute, okay? Oh, the best hour of my day has been this, serving you all. This has been the best hour of my day, best hour of my day. Who, who couldn't give God one hour out of 168 hours in a week? One hour. It, it's nothing. It's nothing, right? One hour. Last but not least, if this has been a blessing to you, I want to ask that you give. I want to ask that you give. Now, for those of you who still are, are struggling mentally with this whole idea of giving, it's not for me to convince you giving is a revelation of money. At the end of the day, giving is a revelation of money. If, give, if in giving, I feel as if I've lost something, I don't have a full revelation because we don't. We got to start right there. I wish life was as simple as a sermon, but I know life is complicated. Well, here's what the Epic Nation is all about. God did not call us to do a 50 minute sermon, 40 minute sermon, 30 minute sermon. There's 168 hours in a week, and we're assigned to make the quality of your life better all 168 hours in a week. And the way we do that is by creating a church that focuses on what we call our core three. Number one is your spiritual life. We believe that you ought to grow in your understanding of God, your connection, and your relationship to him. Number two is your professional life. We believe that if you are connected to God, but unfulfilled in your professional life, your career, your money, your finances, you're going to spend all your spiritual time praying about money. Last but not least is your social life. We, we believe that you need relationships. You need to be to get out, have a good time, enjoy and live life. There should be a balance. So our focus is on your core three, your spiritual life, relationship with God, professional life, the things you do that you love for resource, for money, and your social life, your relationships and your friendships. So to be a part of the Epic Nation, where well, hey, where do you meet? Where's your church? Everywhere. Church anywhere, any day, any time. You can live anywhere in the world and be a part of the Epic Nation. We are a global online church touching people from all over, building and establishing a way for you to feel connected. So to learn more about us, you can go to theepicnation.com. You can text 74121, the word E-Nation, or you can just peek in on a Sunday and just check us out. Just be like, let me see what they're all about. On Sundays at 12 o'clock on Facebook or YouTube, just search the word, The Epic Nation. I'll see you in a minute. We are Epic Redefining Church.